Well, looking at you, you look like you're 12, <laughs> much less 21. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. All right. Welcome back to this episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast. My guest today is Jake Bassett. Jake is one of the co-founders of Beer Fridge, which I must say is one of the cooler names I've heard of for a company lately. So Jake, (laughs) welcome. Thank you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you before we talk about Beer Fridge? For sure. Well, thanks for having me, Scott. Um, it's uh, it's pretty fun to be on this side of the mic. I used to run a little podcast and it was always awesome being the host, but it's kind of a unique experience to be the guest today. So it's pretty cool. Um, so Beer Fridge is a craft beer subscription and gift box company. Okay. Um, we are based just north of Seattle in Bellingham, Washington, which we like to call the little micro mecca of craft beer. There's some incredible breweries up here. And um, that's really kind of how we fell in love with craft beer and how we got inspired to start Beer Fridge. So what we do is curate craft beer boxes based on people's style preference. If you love IPAs or if you are a lager drinker or you just want to send like a variety pack to your dad for Father's Day or a buddy for happy birthday. Mm -hmm. Um, We've got lots of different options. And what we do is every month we bring in new beer and um, we source beer from craft breweries all around the country. So we always have a new, unique selection. And we fill up these boxes with just awesome craft beers. And so if you're a subscriber, your beer changes every month, which is pretty fun. Or if you're sending a gift, you can kind of guarantee that they're going to have a, something pretty unique in there. Um, yeah. Well, looking at you, you look like you're 12, <laughs> much less 21. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, you, you do. You look... You look- I'm, Travis, my co-founder, he's a little bit older than me. He always calls, he refers to me as Young Buck. So Young Buck. I give it okay. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's pause on Beer Fridge. Mm-hmm. What, your <laughs> bio on your website says you, you grew up south of Seattle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that could be anywhere from, you know, Tukwila to San Diego. So <laughs> where, where did, did I not write? Yeah. I, I grew you? up in Puyallup. That's funny. Oh, okay. Where about some, uh, so, so did I. So where did you grow up in Puyallup? Oh, for real? Um, yeah. I grew up on South Hill, um, okay. right off of Shaw Road. Okay. Um, where Shaw Road meets uh, military, I think, is the connecting road. Okay. There. And so was that Rogers High School? Emerald Ridge, actually. Emerald. Okay. Um, which, you know, Rogers has been around a lot longer, but Emerald Ridge was kind of the newer high school in Puyallup when I was um yeah, because it wasn't there when I was, you know, I went to the yeah. one-room schoolhouse. Yeah, I went to Frank. I went to Franklin Pierce High School. Franklin Pierce. Okay, and so cool. I grew up off of Canyon Road. Oh yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow, but that's South crazy. Hill, yeah, 128th and Canyon Road area out there. Okay, so, cool. So you oh, you grew up in Puyallup and you mm-hmm. left like yep. most of us. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have a lot of friends in that area who who absolutely love it, but I. I, just I needed something different. Yeah, yeah, I needed something different. Um, Pialp is great. It was an awesome place to grow up. Obviously, we had an incredible view and access to Mount Rainier. Yep. Um, I really, you know, cherished my experience in childhood. I got to spend a lot of time outdoors and 
grew up backpacking and hiking and snowboarding and really outdoorsy. Um, okay. And so that's always been something that's been near and dear to my heart. And I'm grateful that I got to grow up in a place with such easy access to the mountains. So when did you leave? When did you leave Puyallup? So right after high school, um, I was ready to try something new. Um, I was lucky enough to have a scholarship to go to Utah State University in Logan, Utah. Okay. Um, I went to Utah for two years, really enjoyed it there. Um, but was kind of struggling to figure out my um, career path. Like, what what did I really want to focus in on in these next few years in college? Um, and I figured, well, hey, instead of, you know, taking out more money and, you know, working on my degree, I'm just going to take a break and reassess. Okay. Um, I had always been really interested in business, um, also really interested in, in people. And so I was kind of studying psychology, but also studying marketing. And it was just kind of trying to figure out, you know, like what direction was I going to go? Um, so I took some time off, just worked and um, met my now wife. Um, her name's Natalie. And we uh, kind of funny story. We grew up right next to each other, but we really didn't start dating or talking until post high school, even though okay. we went through all the same school systems together. So that's kind of funny. Um, but, you know, as we started getting to know each other, she was moving up to Bellingham to go to Western, Western Washington University. And um, I was like ready to go back to school, ready to focus in on what I was going to, you know, study. And I was like, OK, well, I'll come with you and we'll, we'll go move to Bellingham, not really knowing much about it at the time. Um, <laughs> Truthfully, I had never visited there, which is kind of crazy. Um, growing up in Puyallup, you know, you'd think you'd take a weekend trip up north sometime, but we never did. Never did. <laughs> Seattle is pretty much as far as we ever explored. So um, I got here and was just like, just super excited um, about the area, about like how close there were so many trails that were accessible. There were so many parks. Um, the water was right there. Mount Baker wasn't far. I was like, wow, this is super, super cool. Um, and so as we finished our schooling and kind of got more, you know, off campus and integrated more into the community, I just started falling in love, in love more and more with the community, the people I was meeting, the friends I was making, the business connections. And, um, you know, we, we were like, let's stay here. This is an awesome spot. So we got lucky, found some jobs and have been able to live here in Bellingham the last eight or nine years. Okay. Uh, you mentioned you got a scholarship to go to Utah State. What, mm -hmm. what was the scholarship for? Um, it was like a, what's called a legacy scholarship. And then like a, there was some academic scholarship there too. Nice. Um, which uh, my dad went to Utah State, graduated from there. And if you have a parent or yes, I don't, I think it is parent or some family member that went to the university, then you can qualify for in-state tuition, oh, which cool. just significantly reduced the cost of going to school. That's a, that's um, a really cool, but yeah. Cause if you think about it, you know, out of state tuition's really spending, not that, yeah, not really that in-state's cheap, but <laughs> out of state's horrific. Well, that's, that's cool. Yeah, it was that, cool. Yeah. I was really grateful for that opportunity. And you know, Utah was something brand new to me. I visited there a little bit as a kid. Um, but, you know, never had never been to Logan and I was just, you know, when you're 18, like you're just ready to do something new, do something fun and exciting, explore. And so yeah. I had an amazing time skiing and hiking and kind of enjoying the outdoors there. It was really cool. Nice. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So after graduating from Western, you guys ended up with jobs. Mm -hmm. 
where did you, where did you um, meet Travis at? How did, how, so, did, how did you and Travis connect? Yeah. Um, so I started working for this local company here in Bellingham called Dward and Bodie. They're um, an appliance company, one of the biggest in the area. And they were, um, I had met the owner through a mutual friend and, you know, he just kind of instantly became a mentor in a way. Like he just, um, I think, saw that I had a lot of energy and ambition and I really wanted to kind of sink my teeth into something fresh out of college. And so he kind of took me in and, you know, helped me learn the ropes of business and marketing. And um, I was really grateful for that opportunity. And while I was working there is when I met Travis who um, was working for a digital marketing agency and we were sort of contracting their services and, and partnering with them. Okay. And um, the more I got to know Travis, the more like just friends we became, you know, we were like, um, you know, working in this professional environment, but then we go grab a beer and be like, Hey, this, you know, we get along great. And um, so we started hanging out more and he was like, man, you should come work for me. You know, we're doing all this cool work and you're really good at what you do. And, um, he kind of just recruited me and, um, it was really fun. Cause I got to go kind of work for a friend who was my boss. Um, but he was also a guy that I knew I could, you know, he could come over and have a barbecue with our family or we could go over there. And it was like, it was kind of nice to have this dynamic where it felt like a friendship first. And, um, and then we had a sort of our formal professional relationship where he was an awesome boss and really treated our team you know, with, um, just like a lot of integrity and, and a lot of, uh, autonomy and really trusted us to work hard. And, and so we had a lot of fun working together there. Nice. So that's nice. how me and Travis first met. Yeah. So I, you know, when I think of, like I said in the intro beer fridge, I think it's a cool name. <laughs> cool. Thanks. So I have this, you know, I have this preconceived notion that the, the idea to do this was probably inspired by, you know, sitting around a campfire drinking beer. I just, somehow that <laughs> just seems to be what it was, but it's pretty cool. Okay. So in all seriousness, yeah. how did the two of you come up with this idea? And from that moment where you went, Hey, we should do that to mm -hmm. actually opening. How long did that take you guys? So how did it happen and how long did it take? So, um, as Travis and I were working together, um, you know, we'd still hang out as friends and go grab a beer at the brewery. And, you know, the more we started to learn about each other, it was clear that we both were very like entrepreneurial minded um, and that we wanted sort of a project to work on together. Like, what can we do together? You know, mm -hmm. and um, we tossed around tons of ideas. We would just meet together and hang out and kind of shoot around ideas like, well, maybe we could start our own marketing agency or maybe we could. Um, you know, do some content writing or maybe we could start a podcast. And so we we're kind of just like going through a bunch of different ideas. Um, this was sort of right before the pandemic. Um, once the pandemic hit, we were, we kind of started to get more serious and we were like, okay, like, you know, we've got some extra time. We can't really meet to go get beers anymore. So um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, why don't we sort of focus that extra time that we were spending meeting to um, start working on one of these ideas. And one of those ideas, just sort of on a long brewery napkin list of ideas, was um, a beer box company. And as we started fleshing it out, um, we were just 
we were just, it was very organic. We were just like, well, we love beer and we work with a lot of direct to consumer companies. Um, you know, is there sort of a niche here where like people would want craft beer delivered to their doorstep and maybe we'll just do it locally. Okay. Well, maybe we can ship it. Well, what would it take to ship it? And we, as we kind of started moving through that process, it took about a year and a half until we sort of had a formal like business plan and, you know, knew how we were going to do everything, started to work on the licensing, um, <laughs> you know, really started to commit and put some cash into the business. And, you know, that at that moment, um, I think it was around, I want to say like January um, of 2021, we were sort of officially licensed to go and we were really excited to start, but we also knew we had a lot of work to do until we could, you know, start actually sourcing and shipping beer. Um, and then from there we ended up launching in, um, February of 2022, we started sort of our presale. Um, and so we've really only been open for six months and we are, sort of in our infancy and just getting this thing off the ground. Um, but that's kind of the history over the last two years of where we've been. So I love to ask this question. Sure. It was really easy to open, wasn't it? There was no, no, I mean, everything was <laughs> super straightforward. You mm. know, the state of Washington, liquor laws, everything's just super easy. That's why Such we all breeze. do this. No, in all seriousness, <laughs> what, what was the big surprise to you guys? I mean, what mm. set you back and went, wow, I didn't think about that, that it would be this hard to do this part. Um, yeah, definitely the timing for the licensing, you know, mm -hmm. takes months and months. And in all fairness, you know, the state actually prepares you for that. They really do try to say it's going to take a while. But I think the optimist and the entrepreneur in you is like, let's move fast and right. we're going to be faster than most people because yeah, we want gonna, to be, we want to be. Yeah. <laughs> and we want to cross all our T's and dot all our I's and do everything right. And, uh, but at the end of the day, you got to wait for the process. And, um, once we had that, those steps finalized, I would say the next most challenging part was, um, committing to the inventory and like really, I don't know, I guess just really like throwing our hat in the ring and saying, hey, like we are going to put a bunch of money into this. And I'll never forget. I was just teasing Travis about this the other day. We, um, you know, when we we buy boxes and, and certain marketing materials, like if you commit to a quantity, there's obviously a price break. And so if mm -hmm. you're doing custom boxes, you're going to order several thousand and you can get a great deal yeah. as opposed to doubling your costs and only ordering a few hundred testers or something. Right. Right. Um, and so we had kind of been through all of our testing phase and we knew we needed to commit. And I'll just never forget when that, this massive semi truck backs into like our warehouse and they're unloading <laughs> thousands of boxes, skids of, skids of boxes. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to text you or email you this picture of Travis. He has his hand moving through his hair like this next to like a two story high stack of boxes and you can just see the stress. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was pretty funny in I, hindsight. I, I had, I had, a, I have a box story many, well, not many, yeah, many years ago. Yeah. I, I ran an online sales department for uh, a nonprofit. Okay. And we were shipping so much. So we were selling things at auction, collectibles at auction. Mm. And we were selling so much through the postal service because USPS priority mailboxes were they provided the boxes, right? Right. 
And I remember that the salesman for the postal service came into our warehouse one day and he's talking to me and he's like, we can do a custom box for you. You're mm. doing an, and I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, no, we'll do a custom priority mail box wow. for no charge just to keep your business. I'm like, Oh, cool. Well, that's, that sounded, you know, it kind of inflates the ego a little bit like, yeah, sure. the postal service will work with us. Yeah. And then the mail truck showed up and the guy goes, Hey, I need a, I need a pallet jack. Where do you want me? And it was, it wasn't a two story <laughs> high thing, but it was like half of a, of a, of a, like a delivery, not a delivery van in the sense, but like, yeah. like an appliance delivery van. Right. Yeah, and they're yeah. like pulling off like six pallet boards of these things. And I'm just like, yeah, what am I going to do with them? <laughs> Where am I going to put them? <laughs> it's so, so I can true. kind of, yeah, I can kind of imagine the, you know, the, that shock that, you know, mm. well, it's 2,500 boxes or whatever the number was. Ah, yeah. And then you get them and you're like, uh, yeah, I know. Where it do always, we put them? Totally. It looked, it didn't seem, uh, I guess we didn't really fully understand the scale until they come out on the pallets and you're like, okay, wow, that's a lot of boxes. <laughs> a lot of boxes. Yeah. So what did you launch with? You, you, you know, yeah. how, when you first, when you first launched, you, I, cause I'm on the, I'm on the, the site with your shopping cart now and you've got a, a number of things which we're going to work our way through. But cool. I can't imagine you started with 15, 20 options. Yeah. So honestly, we kind of did. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, we, what we did, I would say the smartest thing that we did was uh, launched with a, a pre-sale. So we spent a few months, probably a month, um, sort of building out email lists and promoting ourselves, launching our social media channels and kind of announcing to the world, hey, we got something cool brewing and we're going to launch this thing and people would sign up and that was cool. And so then we officially launched our pre-sale, which was you know, really we committed to the customer. Like we said right out, out of the gate, if you purchase this item, it's going towards the, um, cash needed to get the actual inventory. Like we don't mm -hmm. have your beer in stock, but we, right. we need to get it. Um, and so that was cool. So that was a lot of friends and family who believed in us and, you know, people that had been hearing about our idea for the last two years who were like, Hey, as soon as you launch, we'll support you. You know, it takes a lot to start a business. And so we, we just felt an overwhelming amount of support out of the gate. And that's really what allowed us to open and start because all those people that supported us put cash into our business that allowed us to buy all the beer, um, you know, start all these distribution partnerships, like get our accounts going and get things really moving. Mm -hmm. um, and, during that pre-sale, it wasn't super challenging to market products when you don't have them. You know what I'm saying? Right. So we knew, well, we need an IPA box. We need a lager box. We need a variety box. And we just put all these tiles up on our website of different boxes that we're going to curate. So right. really, um, the rubber didn't meet the road until it came to sourcing all that inventory. And during a pre-sale, when you don't have a massive audience or anything, if, if 10 people order a lager box... Um, but you have to buy beer by the case, all mm -hmm. of a sudden you're making these huge cash, um, sort of commitments and, and sort of or overstocking on inventory. Um, and, and that's sort of the first time we realized, okay, we have a lot of products and we need to be very strategic in how we're buying beer so mm -hmm. that we can use beer across multiple products. Um, and so I would say, you know, as we started to, um, as we launched and as we got the business off the ground, 
you know, we realized that we sort of need to refine the product offering. And I think we did make a few changes. Um, but then we very quickly realized, like once we had our systems moving and we realized how we were going to actually um, source the beer and curate each box, um, from there it got easier to build products. So because we realized, OK, well, we can do a lot with this. Like we, we launched a build your own box and, um, you know, a few other things where we were like, um, yeah, I guess if we already have the inventory, it won't be that hard to put a product on the website and say, you know, we can use what we have to fill another niche. Okay. Yeah. I have a lot of questions. Okay. <laughs> and so we're, I'm probably, we're probably, you know, warning you, we're going to probably bounce around a little bit right here, but that's totally fine. Number one, what, so you're not building boxes with, with PBR and Budweiser and things that we can find at our local gas stations or grocery stores. Right. But what criteria are you using to select the beers that you guys are then boxing up? So we focus exclusively on um, independent breweries. And what we mean by that is like, you know, they don't belong to any sort of larger parent company or conglomerate. So like um, Georgetown would not be an option, right? Because they're aren't they owned by Anheuser Busch now? I think. Yeah, I think Red so. Cup. Yeah, you know, okay. I will say this: we we would not be opposed to working with those, but right now we're just mm -hmm. focused on um, you know smaller independent breweries. I will say too, though, like um, Georgetown and some of these other like micro breweries that have been bought out, they still make incredible beer. Oh yeah, and. Oh, yeah. And they have some awesome seasonal small batch stuff. And so I think that when we set out on our focus to only support independent, um, we quickly realized like, you know, we don't have to be so niche. Like I think that these breweries still offer a lot. And as the more people we started meeting in the industry and stuff, we quickly realized like there was no real need to um, sort of only fo focus exclusively on those that we could sort of open ourselves to other things. Okay. Um, so I would say we've slowly started uh, incorporating um, some larger breweries, but breweries that are still going to, you know, not like be sold at a, a national scale, if, if okay. that makes sense. Like yeah. they're going to be more regional partners. Right. Another thing you said, and I think this was before we hit the record button, was that you're, you're doing smaller batch stuff. So what you send out in June... Mm -hmm. You're not going to be sending out again in July. Correct. Yeah. Let's say I get a June box though. And there's something in there that I really like. Mm -hmm. Are you guys providing any ways for the, you know, if I get this box, I'm like, Oh, I really like, I'm just going to say PBR. Just, just, we're just going to use PBR okay. as a placeholder for everything. Okay. Just for fun. You know, PBR. Just for fun. Let's do it. We're going to use, you know, and like, I've never had PBR before. This is amazing. I want to get more of it, but if it's not available locally, so are you working with the breweries? Are you putting information in the box that tells a little bit about what I'm drinking or can we order more beer from you on the back end? How's that work? So um, a couple of different things. One, we are rolling out sort of a bottle shop, if you will, on the website where people can buy um, beer by the can or rather by the four pack. Mm -hmm. um, and so that'll be a cool way for people to access unique inventory that perhaps they saw in their box and they want to buy more of what we have in stock. Yeah, that's cool. 
Um, so that'll be cool. And that'll be launching here this summer. We're working on it right now, just kind of building it out, make sure that it will work okay. Um, the second thing is that we do really want to focus on storytelling for the breweries. Um, mm. That's a big goal for us. And we're going to definitely be rolling out some more material that will tell more stories about the breweries and why this beer is cool. And, you know, hey, we like, for example, if you live in, you know, Portland, Oregon or something, and we're going to tell you about this cool beer in Bellingham, Washington, like you may have never been to Bellingham before. And it'll be really fun to learn about, you know, this Colshin IPA that you're drinking, if you will. Um, So we don't really have the bandwidth or or resources to do that now, just because we're so young. um, We are really focused right now on the product and making sure that, you know, we're sourcing and delivering on time. Um, But we have some really cool materials inside of the box. Like for example, if uh, one of our flagship boxes, the Bellingham born and brewed box, which only features beer exclusively from Bellingham. So that's a really fun box. And what we did is worked with a, a local artist to kind of make this really cool sort of illustration of Bellingham. And we put in some interesting facts about the brewery scene here and we did a QR code and a landing page to more information about um, all the awesome, you know, the, just the awesome beer scene here in Bellingham. Oh, um, so we want to do more stuff like that and focus on that content. And then um, we're prototyping right now with our graphic designer, sort of a menu where we can provide tasting notes and information about each beer um, that you're receiving. And so that's a project we're working on. And then I would say that sort of the third and final element of that is um, more information about the brewery and like how, you know, maybe, um, a landing page where you can meet the brewer and, you know, find out when that brewery started and, you know, plan when you plan your trip to Seattle or Bellingham or Portland or whatever, you can maybe put them on your list to go to. Well, see, I, I see this in a way, a couple, there's a couple of cool things about what you guys are doing. Number one, if I'm a subscriber, I'm being introduced to beers that I haven't tried before. Right. Number two, you're helping the brewery by being a, by being a marketing department for them in some ways that you're putting their, their beers in a box and sending it to somebody who likes beer. Absolutely. So you're, you're, you should be, the breweries should love what you guys are doing for them. <laughs> yeah. I, I get a kick out of the tasting notes because that just seems like a lot of work. And I feel sorry for you guys having to, to go through and try all the beer. I, that just seems like, a, I mean, that, yeah, that, product testing and development, you know, product tasting for us is, is a tough gig, but somebody has got to do it. Somebody has got to do it. Yeah. I just, yeah, that's seems really, really hard. Yeah. I would say, uh, working with the breweries has been amazing. And in almost every case, they are really excited to be, um, uh, you know, partnering with us. Um, mm-hmm. but that also, you know, quality control is really important for them. And so for us, that's been a, a focus part too, of sort of the shipping and making sure that the products are protected, um, mm-hmm. you know, keeping those products temperature controlled when they're at our warehouse is really important. Um, okay. and so, you know, I would say the breweries are stoked as long as you can, you know, sort of make guarant- like quality guarantees, like they want their beer to be partnered with a brand that cares. And I think that's mm-hmm. really how we've approached beer fridge is, um, you know, 
quality is really, really important to us, not only in the beer, but also in the packaging and, and sort of our interfacing with our customers and, you know, making sure that we're really dialed in so that people have an awesome experience and know that right. if they are going to send a gift box, like it's going to be a really seamless experience for them. And they're going to look good for sending the gift box. And they're going to look good. Yes, for sure. You know, yeah. who doesn't love getting a box of beer? And right. But, but if, if, for example, I send a, a gift box to somebody and you, you, you know, it's a, it's a, a box of 12 and 11 of them are PBRs because whoever packed it was being sloppy. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make me look good. Right. But so right, you guys right. are, you guys are curating this really cool selection. Yeah. And I know, well, I think I, I do think this is a very cool, cool idea, but before I ask any more questions, the most important question I, well, I have two really important questions, but number one yeah. is beer <laughs> fridge. How'd you guys come up with the name? That's oh, important here. Yeah. Um, we had a Google Doc of like 150 names. Like literally we were okay. just for months, we were just, we could not settle on a name and we were writing down everything like hot box and beer bucket and, you know, like a box of beer and just like every thing that we could think of. Um, and one night, me and Travis were texting back and forth about names at like 11 PM. Cause we like, we knew we had to commit to a name. Once we could commit to a name, we could commit to a brand identity. Mm -hmm. And, um, man, it just hit me. I was just like beer fridge. Like everybody has a beer fridge. I have a beer fridge. It's full of magnets and stickers of all the cool breweries I go to. And I'm always stocking my beer fridge and grabbing a, a six pack from that unique brewery we visited mm -hmm. when we went on that trip and you know it's just like beer fridge is a pretty central appliance in most craft beer drinkers homes <laughs> so right it just sort of clicked it just popped into my brain i was like let's call it beer fridge and as soon as i said it out loud we were just like that's the one let's do it and uh, what even more of a miracle is that it wasn't trademarked um you know so we trademarked it and um People have done other things with the name Beer Fridge, but it hasn't been used in terms of a direct consumer service. And so we were able to, you know, sort of market that way. That's cool. All right. Yeah. That's, that's very cool. But yeah, I'm really proud of the name. I think it, I think it encapsulate, encapsulates what we do really well. I think it's like a fun, you know, sort of play on this appliance that every beer drinker has. And um, I'm really happy that we settled on that. Well, an observation I have is, like I said, I'm on the website and <clears throat> you have a cart just like everybody else, right? Yeah. You can order and ship and all that. But <laughs> yeah. instead of the icon being a cart, it's a little refrigerator. And I thought <laughs> yeah. that was a really cool touch. Cool. Like just attention to detail. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, th I would say um, I'm just going to call ourselves out on one goofy thing. When you, when you check out, it says like, uh, go to your cart or go check out. And I'm always like, uh -huh. we need to change that word cart to go to your fridge. Cause that'll, your fridge. Yeah, that'll line it up cool. a little better. So I'm looking through and you have a whole, a, a lot of choices here. Some yeah. are non-alcoholic too. That's, that's cool that you're doing that. For sure. Yeah. I actually really enjoy non-alcoholic beers and you know, they are getting really popular. Um, so I think it's a great option to have on there. I don't know. I don't know if this is a fair question to ask you. You okay. can decline to answer it. There'll be no no hard feelings. Okay. What's the most popular box right now? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, the 
IPA box sells really, really well. The um, knockout? The knockout IPA box. Okay. The Bellingham Born and Brewed does really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say those are the two top sellers. And then sort okay. of below that would definitely be like the Lights and Loggers. Um, and then... Honestly, everything else is pretty much equal. We have hazies and a right. lot of people get cider. Um, okay. The NAs have been gaining popularity. So there's there are, you know, quite a few options on there. That's very cool. No, I um, I don't drink beer anymore because it just doesn't agree with me. I, I love beer, but it doesn't love me back anymore. So it's like, That's we, fair. so we've, we've, we have agreed to go our separate ways in life. Yeah, that's good. I drink ciders, you know, I I drink ciders. And so I like that, but I'm looking in. So if I were buying a box, I'd be, I'd be going for the dark side because that's the stuff. That's the stuff that I really like. Yeah. Not, I mean, I know people drink them, but they're not like, I mean, IPAs seem to be all the rage. They are, they're all the rage. And, um, you know, there, there's some amazing, IPAs out there. Um, we've also found there are abundant, like there's so many and, Mm -hmm. uh, what's been sort of, I would say fun to explore is, um, like sourcing varieties from, for some of the other boxes. Cause with the IPAs, when we go to source, it's like, oh my gosh, this one's amazing. That one's amazing. There's so many awesome things that we could bring in here. Um, right. but sort of the hidden gems are actually kind of the funner ones to pull out, like, uh, you know, a really nice Pilsner or, a, um, you know, a Hefeweizen or something like that is, is kind of fun to, to source too. Right. Currently, mm-hmm. I know this will change at the time of this recording. What is your favorite beer? <laughs> I like that you qualified it with that. Cause yeah, it's changing all the time. Um, well, it's getting a little warmer here in Washington at the time of this recording. <laughs> it's slowly. So I'm just going to say, let me interrupt you. So, so for full disclosure, we are recording this on June 17th. Yeah. I am in Wenatchee. You are in Bellingham. It yeah. is just because we have to do this because it is so not typical. It is 63 degrees and raining in Wenatchee. It is 62 degrees and cloudy here in Bellingham. Yeah. So you say it's getting warmer and I have yeah. to laugh at you. All right. So it's the middle of yeah. late spring, getting ready to be summertime. It should be warming up. Sorry. I'm optimistic it's getting yeah, okay. warmer. Okay. It's, I, it's at I, least I, a few degrees warmer than it was a, a few weeks ago. That's true. We had snow here in middle of April. So you know, oh it, weather's very weird. All right. Anyway, currently. So currently, it's warming, up? Uh, it's warming up. Every once in a while, the sun peeks out and that just puts me in sort of the light lager mood um so wayfinder uh wayfinder out of portland they're brewing some awesome awesome beer um and they have some really great lagers right now uh i'm gonna look up the name of it because i'm gonna kind of forget the name but it's like the oh i'm totally gonna space on the name but if you google wayfinder lagers right now you'll Mm -hmm. uh you'll find some good stuff from them. Okay. The opposite side of that question is I'm not, I'm not asking you to say a name, but I'm asking mm-hmm. you to say a type of beer. Okay. What type of beer do you not really enjoy? Is there anything that mm. you're like, you know? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, 
I don't know. There's definitely beers where like I have to be in a very particular mood for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I drink them far less frequently. I would say, you know, like sours, like I don't really drink a lot of sours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not because I don't like them, but it's just like they're, I don't know, just a lager can quench my thirst a bit more sometimes. Sure. Um, so, are- so maybe have- sour and then maybe like uh, some of the darker stuff, like the really experimental dark stuff with marshmallows and you know crazy chocolates and like um those are super interesting in a time and a place like if it's winter and we're sitting around like watching a movie it's kind of fun to like try like Mm -hmm. a dessert stout or something but i typically don't drink those often okay yeah yeah because i mean that's and that's one of the things that's so cool about beer is that the palate is so 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 wide-ranging yeah, totally. There's something out there for everybody. And it's been fun to watch breweries um, really push the limits as of late, too. I feel like so many breweries are experimenting with different flavors and trying new things and, um, you know, bringing in new ingredients and just doing these amazing mashups and collabs. And it's really fun to see that um, innovation in the industry right now. Do you think somewhere off far on the horizon you guys would ever get into brewing your own beer is that something that's interesting at all um i don't know i i love learning about the brewing process and we had the awesome opportunity to do a collaboration beer with beach cat brewing in uh birch bay washington okay um so our good friends out there invited us to come learn more about brewing in the process and and make a beer with them and that was really fun I would say that was my most sort of hands-on experience with the production side of it. Um, so we made a really cool West Coast IPA. And um, I think that if anything, I would be interested in the business side of the brewery, but I don't know if I'm cut out for the creative sort of craftsmanship behind it. Um, I just think there's really special, talented people that uh, – are built for that. Like they just, they sort of are, you know? um, Well, I think, I think the idea of you guys doing a, a collaboration with a brewery and then, you know, co-branding it, if you will, it'd be kind of fun to, to, to do that um, every now and then. For sure. It's really fun. Yeah. I would say that that was one of my favorite projects to date. Um, Just seeing your name on a beer label. That was pretty cool. That was fun. Yeah. See that, that'd be kind of cool to put your, you know, the beer fridge brand, Mm-hmm. on some you know co- collab- collaborating with somebody but Absolutely. making it something that's you know your well let's try this type of chocolate instead of that type of chocolate going yeah. we're going to go the, the you know the the dark stuff totally as we scroll through here so one of the things so i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to speak for a couple of seconds and i want you to interrupt me if i'm if I'm wrong. Okay. <laughs> so you have all these boxes and they yeah. come in, they come in various sizes. We can do um, eight, 12 or 24s, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have all these choices, but one of the things that you guys are doing that I think we haven't touched on yet, which I think is really kind of interesting is you're offering a la, dare I say, Amazon, the <laughs> monthly subscription, you know, yeah. with a little bit of a discount. And so you yeah. can set up these boxes on, on a monthly reoccurring subscription. So, if you want help stocking your beer fridge at home, mm-hmm. you guys are happy to send them a new box every month. That that's pretty cool. Yeah. But 
one thing also that you guys are doing that I thought was really interesting because my, my background is in, in the real estate space mm. and um, closing gifts for real estate agents are always something that they are like, you know, sweating over like, Oh, what do we, uh, give? Yeah. What do we give the Joneses? Cause they just bought a house. Yep. And you guys are doing corporate mm-hmm. gifts. Yeah. That's how did you guys come up with that? Cause I think that's an interesting offshoot. Yeah. Um, for sure. So we, you know, as we built beer fridge, we really wanted to create something that was scalable and sustainable and had multiple revenue channels so that mm-hmm. we didn't sort of get pigeonholed into one thing. Um, so the subscriptions is really sort of our foundation, which is like, a you can subscribe for yourself and you can do a monthly every other month or once a quarter. So there's some flexibility okay. there. Um, you can gift somebody a subscription, which is pretty fun. So if you want to send, you know, your buddy like a six month subscription, yeah. um, that's a cool idea. And so as we started to kind of build out more of our gifting options, um, we started to kind of see um, certain people order like real estate agents or um you know, folks from the financial sector or like anybody that does sort of like client gifts and closing Mm -hmm. gifts and stuff like that. And, um, you know, the more they started to order, they'd say like, Hey, you know, this is going to my friend who uh, just bought this house and we want to only feature these types of beers or, um, Hey, I was wondering if you could put it in a special note because this is a really important client. And so the more that that started happening, we quickly realized like, okay, you know, we need some sort of program to like really help these folks customize and Mm -hmm. also if this is going to be a really frequent thing for them um you know we'd obviously like to earn their business and retain their loyalty and um you know build out some customizations for them too so that's how we sort of landed on building out a corporate gift membership um where folks can you know use that for like closing gifts but we can also do like bulk orders so if you uh, you know, work for a company and you have a sales team and you want to, you know, treat them for a great quarter. It's like, Hey, everybody gets an awesome beer box at the end of the month or something like that. So we have these sort of bulk order options and we have these kind of ongoing membership, uh, discounts too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. I'm looking here on and how you guys have the various tiers and all of that. That's, that's very cool. Yeah. It's been a great option. Um, I would say for real estate agents, it's really fun because, um, you know, we're based here in Bellingham, so we work with a lot of realtors in Bellingham. And there's so many folks that will move into town who are from out of town. And the mm-hmm. Bellingham Born and Brewed box has been a great intro oh, yeah. to our area. And so we kind of hope to build out some more products in the future that, um, for example, might be a taste of Seattle or a taste of Spokane. And um, I think that will be not only a great, you know, product to have in the marketplace, but um, will also kind of serve that you know, corporate niche too. Yeah. I mean, if you have like real estate agents in Spokane, mm-hmm. they probably don't want the Bellingham box. I mean, that's just yeah, probably exactly. not a good fit, but <laughs> they might, they might really like a, a box of Spokane beers or yeah. Seattle's, you know, Seattle, Olympia, Tacoma, a lot of, lot. yeah, there's, there's some really cool, cool ways of doing that. I like the fact that you guys are working to co-brand mm-hmm. because that's a, that is something that um, any, self-important real estate agent will demand. Oh yes, so. <laughs> of course. <laughs> got to get your name and face out there. <laughs> got to, you know, can you, you know, my, can my face be on the box? And, you know, <laughs> I want, I want everybody to see it. 
That would be kind of a hilarious customization if we could just put a realtor's face directly on the on the shipping <laughs> yeah, box. Stencil, stencil it on the box or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> a terrible idea do not do that <laughs> do not encourage my industry to, oh to my get ask, ask for our faces on the boxes so are you are you in real estate is that what you you work in real estate or you, yeah oh, okay cool yeah so i yeah i do but i'm i'm in a very special niche i i specialize in foreclosures and distressed properties so i i don't you wouldn't send I them a beer box I, as a gift. I don't send for them for their closures. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. No, I might. No, never mind. I won't go there. So, <laughs> no, maybe off mic I'll say, but I won't okay, do it. Now. Okay. Um, but you mentioned you've mentioned it in passing, and then now I'm looking at it on the website. How are you boxing these up so that you are providing a careful you know so like if i'm really concerned about how you're treating my beers at x mm-hmm. i'm from xyz brewing and so i'm looking at this and i'm seeing these kind of custom six packs and is it a foil line kind of corrugated liner that's going in the box what what how are you guys packaging these things yeah so we have um just the the shipping box is sort of the outer most mm-hmm. layer and then on the inside is the insulated um, bag and those are like insulated refrigerator bags that they use in like restaurants and stuff um mm-hmm. and so we have um some refrigeration capacity at the warehouse um, we're adding more as we grow so we're hopeful to be you know fully refrigerated here in the very near future mm-hmm. um and so what we do is we take those beers out of the refrigerator right before they're about to be shipped Um, put them in the refrigerated bag, seal the bag. What that does is offers another layer of um, protection um, Mm -hmm. for, you know, getting jostled around in shipping. Um, If there was ever to be a puncture, which we have run into once or twice, it's in a bag. And so Mm -hmm. it won't, uh, it will at least offer another layer before it sogs the box. Um, And so that's sort of the method that we chose. And then I think too, um, just from a marketing and experience standpoint, it is kind of fun to like open, um, you know, the inside of our box, it has this really cool beer fridge insert. And so you open Mm -hmm. the insert and you kind of pull the beers out of your refrigerator, if you will. Nice. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a fun experience thing and, um, you know, offers some, you know, practical uses too. Okay. Who do you use to ship your product right now? We have a sort of a variety of shipping partners. Um, okay. We use, um, yeah, just sort of a variety of third-party, you know, shipping partners that have beer shipping programs or alcohol shipping programs. Um, okay. So, you know, as, again, as we get more integrated into the industry, we've realized um, sort of the different options that are available. And um, you can kind of create some great relationships with smaller shipping companies, which is uh, kind of cool to interact with them and build some partnerships and help them start a relatively new segment, um, in the marketplace, which is alcohol shipping. Okay. You're a new company, Mm -hmm. but it sounds like you have a vision. Yes. (laughs) What's on, what's next on the horizon that you can talk about? I mean, 
Yeah. I know you're not going to disclose world domination. You're just going to keep that to yourself. But sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. But what's kind of, what do you guys think you'll go towards? What's, what's the next step look like? Yeah. So um, the next step for us is to work on a sort of a variety of um, unique products that we think will um, do really well with our audience. Um, some of those projects are working with breweries themselves to have exclusive brewery boxes where only their beers are featured in the box. Nice. And so that would be a really fun opportunity for us to partner with the brewery and really curate a selection of their seasonal rotations um, and deliver them to their out of reach customers who don't always get the opportunity to come visit them or have maybe tried one of their beers and would love to get it shipped to their house. Um, So that's one of the projects that is rolling out. The other project that we're going to be doing is um, a uh, Washington state award winner beer box. So people that or sorry, breweries that have won awards for their beers, we're going to feature those in a curated selection. So that'll be really cool. Um, so the, on the product side, that's we've got stuff like that that's kind of brewing. And then the business side, we are just working on you know compliance and adding in more states and trying to get our services available to more people. Um, yeah, so we're just kind of scaling one state at a time and going slow. You know, we are a young startup and it's important to manage mm-hmm. our cash flow and make sure that we can market and be successful in going to new states too. Because we the last thing that we want is, you know, it to take too long or, you know, go too far and get damaged or stuff like that. So we stumbled across you. My My daughter manages all our social channels. And so she found you guys and, you know, we reached out and started talking. Yeah. But let's say I'm just going to arbitrarily, this is make believe everybody. This isn't real. This isn't necessarily happening. Let's say you want to move to Massachusetts as your next state. Mm. Why did I pick a state that's hard to pronounce? But anyway, Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. You, you want Rhode Island. It's going to be Rhode Island. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You're not currently shipping to Rhode Island. Let's say this right. is just make believe. Yeah. And you want to start shipping to, to Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. So you, you negotiate with, whatever the state's requirements are of you. How are you going to make this residents of Rhode Island aware that beer fridge is now available to them? How does that happen for you guys? So um, we, you know, just pretty much leverage a hundred percent digital marketing. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, we don't do really any like traditional advertising, but um, targeted ads primarily. So we can sort of uh, target niche audience groups in certain geographies and, um, you know, we'll just use a variety of messaging, like might be sort of a brand awareness strategy to get started in somewhere new. And then we kind of Mm -hmm. move people down the funnel into more of a conversion, um, type of ad. Um, and that's pretty much how we are working now. It's definitely the cheapest and most efficient way. Um, Mm -hmm. but also like, you know, arguably one of the most effective ways to reach people too, which is to be right in front of their devices, which they're interacting on. Is there a, is there a platform that's currently working really well for you guys where your audience seems to be residing? Um, like in terms of, uh, marketing like are platform? you big on AOL or <laughs> MySpace? <laughs> oh no, my I mean, gosh. Is there, yeah. You know, so are any, is like, 
Is Facebook working well for you, for example? Mm. Yeah, I would say the uh, primary conversions all come from Google. And then the number two referral is definitely Facebook, Instagram. And then, um, you know, we have a um, email list too. And so people sign up for their our email list and they're either customers or they might be interested, but maybe not Mm -hmm. this time or, you know, they might wait for the next sale or something like that. So those are kind of our three main digital channels that we work through. So the newsletter is working okay for you guys? Email marketing is working well? Yeah, um, totally. We, you know, it's one of those things where like building out the automation for that is so um, time intensive, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, it does take a lot of bandwidth to get, email campaigns going. But um, for the ones that we do send out, you know, they do tend to, you know, have a few conversions. um, And we just find it important to like have active sort of communication going out, you know, every time that the more output we do, the more, you know, return that we see. How often, how often does your newsletter go out? Um, We're, so we have like more I wouldn't even call it a newsletter. It's really more of a email blast. Um, okay. And we usually do one of those like it, at least every other week, if not once a week. And we kind of showcase like uh, maybe these are the beers that are in stock this week or here's a flash sale or um, okay. here's some gift ideas and stuff like that. Um We'll put a link to that in the show notes so that people can check it out. I yeah, just, that'd be great. You know, just, I kind of wanted to prep them for how often you'd be showing up in their inbox to set expectations, you know. Yeah, for once sure. Once a day, once a month, you know, type thing. Well, I would say the another kind of point that I wanted to make uh, in terms of vision and growth for the future is we touched on this a little bit earlier, but focusing on that content too, like mm-hmm. making um, – you know, content that supports the breweries that showcases the partnerships that we have and really highlights the stuff that they're doing. So I really hope that we'll be able to offer segments of our email list too that will be more um, newsletter format and folks can sort of just engage with um, brewery news and things that are kind of going on um, in the industry um, as it's kind of connected to Beer Fridge. A a spotlight on XYZ Brewing. Yeah, 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 exactly. All right. Let's let's move off of beer fridge for a couple of seconds. Now these are the important questions that I wait all episode to ask. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Coffee, you a fan? Oh yeah, I drink coffee every day. <laughs> As you should. Yes. Where should I go in Bellingham for a great cup of coffee? Mm. Wow, there's so many great options right now. Um, but I just have been starting to go to this brand new. Um, coffee shop that is also happens to be attached to one of our favorite bottle shops in town. So um, it's called Narrative Coffee Co. And it's on <laughs> what? <laughs> Why are you laughing? What are you laughing? I'm laughing. I'm laughing because Narrative is down in Everett. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They and, have an Everett location. I yeah. About and, that. And, and when I talk to people from Everett. They almost always say narrative and I just, I'm laughing because it makes me happy that they are in, that they are getting the same reaction in a new marketplace. Oh, good. That's why, that's, that's why I'm laughing. I literally just heard last week um, that they had another location. I was like, oh, that's cool. Cause I, I thought they were brand new and local and somebody was like, no, they have another spot in Everett. I was like, oh, great. So they're really cool. I just started checking them out. They obviously have great coffee. Um, another really, really cool spot 
is um oh it's called Makeworth Market. Um they're okay. in downtown Bellingham. They have a really cool space. Um it's very like cafe style space but like very worker friendly. So, you know, they have lots of meeting tables and it's really open, full of light and they have great coffee and it's a good good environment there. Okay. So I'm going to drive up to Bellingham. I'm going to be there for a few hours. Where's a great, I'm, I'm going to need food. Yeah. Normally I asked for a specific meal, but I'm just going to throw it open to you this way. Oh man. Where's a place in Bellingham that I got to check out the food? Okay. Um, I would definitely say, oh, this is such a hard question, Scott. There's so many. Okay. Um, one of my favorite spots, um, is a place called Carnal. I I want to double check that I'm pronouncing that right. Um, it's a awesome restaurant in downtown Bellingham. Uh, yes, it is called Carnal. Just double checking myself here. Yeah, so Carnal is really really cool. Um, they're somewhat new in the community. They've been around, I think, maybe um, at least over a year, um, maybe even two years. Amazing food, great atmosphere. Uh, there was some really neat chefs that came over from the East Coast and um, were doing some just really cool culinary work in on the East Coast and sort of wanted to start this project out here in Bellingham. And um, they just have a really wide array of like just really great cuisine. But um, yeah. it's I'm checking out their website while we're talking. Sorry, I'm not ignoring you. I'm looking. I'm like, no, totally. Um, but also, like, I think the best part about it is it's pretty affordable. And that has been great to have sort of a unique um, sort of semi-formal. I don't, I don't want to call the restaurant formal. It's not formal, but it's nice. You could go out there for a date night or you could, you know, take your family out for a celebration or something. Um, it's just a really quaint looks, little spot this looks awesome and it's not going to like totally break your budget to you know sort of have a nice night out oh that looks okay thank you give so that selfish I, I yeah i wouldn't you know whenever i travel i have to you know i my i have a goal when i travel that i eat someplace i can't eat when i'm at home yes which i love that. i live in wenatchee now so i've got plenty of choices because wenatchee doesn't have a great food scene um I do love Wenatchee so, though. I got to visit there. I was visiting there last summer. It's a lovely spot. Okay. We did the bike ride along the river. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah, no, there's, there's, oh, it's, I love living here. Don't get me wrong, but it's, our food scene is limited, if you will. It's limited. I'm optimistic that it will improve. Yeah, great. <laughs> what do you and the family like to do for fun and recreation when you're not tasting beers, shipping beers? Yeah. Marketing beers. Well, ironically, we pretty much just like to hang out at breweries. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That's kind of our go-to uh, scene here in Bellingham. No, we, I would say um, we are super outdoorsy. So we just love to go for family bike rides. We have a 17-month-old daughter and um, we have this great bike trailer. So we like to tow her around and we go to parks and we go hiking and just spend time outside. We love to go there's so many great parks here in Bellingham. Um, you know, we like to go down to the water and it's just fun to like, you know, see the world through her eyes. And she just kind of gets to look at these amazing places that are just in our backyard, which is super cool. And then, you know, we might, we might wrap up a hard day at the park with a, with a beer or two over at 
one of our favorite breweries and there's okay. so many great family friendly spots out here where the kids can kind of run around and play and you know you can just kind of hang out so is your is your wife a, a beer enthusiast as well <laughs> yeah totally she she loves a good beer um i would say you know she likes red and white wine a bit more than beer but she definitely can always go for a good cold one on a okay. hot day all right and since when we agree, not not when we agree, but when we were discussing having you guys on mm-hmm. the show, it was going to be both you and, and your co-founder, Travis. Yeah. So since Travis isn't here, yeah, this is your opportunity to say something embarrassing about him because he can't defend himself. So okay. why don't you tell the audience something about Travis that's interesting that may or may not be true? Hmm. Oh, wow. Travis is going to crack up when he listens to this. Travis is on a camping trip right now. So... Um, he's out hanging out with his family and enjoying the outdoors, which is pretty cool for him. Um, you know, I'm out here doing the hard work. I got to be on podcasts and geez, I'm sorry, man. just totally draining. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, Travis, let's see something funny and embarrassing about Travis. Oh my God. Um, Travis has a chain, a gold chain that he bought from Goodwill and he wears it every day and it's so funny because he'll wear like his beer fridge sort of t-shirts and stuff and then he has this like blingy gold chain that he got from goodwill and it's just it is travis's style to a t he is a total vintage sports fanatic and a you know a guy that um loves retro gear and this chain is is awesome it fits his personality but every time uh, we're out in public. People always say, I like your chain, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Perfect. pretty fun. Yeah. Perfect. That'll teach him for not being on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what the heck he would say about me. Oh my gosh. I'm glad I got yeah, to answer. See, you're, you're here though. You're safe. You're <laughs> I am safe. safe. We're not throwing you under the bus. <laughs> it was Travis that got, that got Sorry, Trav. Over. I love your chain. What didn't I ask you that I should have asked you? Hmm. What didn't you ask me that you should have asked me? Um, I think, you know, something I think is that's worth touching on is, um, you know, sort of the motivation behind starting a business and kind of jumping into this sort of chaotic journey that is getting any sort of project off the ground when nobody's asking you to, right? Like mm-hmm. there, it's not work in the sense that you don't, we don't have a boss. There's nobody like saying, Hey, you better start beer fridge. You better get that thing going. Um, it's just sort of <laughs> a passion project. Um, and so why would anybody do that for, I would say I'm going to speak for Travis a little bit here, but for him and I both, um, we've always sort of been entrepreneurial spirits that have wanted to be proud of something like work on a project that is exclusively ours and be really proud of what we built. Um, maybe in the same way that a brewer likes to, you know, make a new beer. It's just, it's really fun and cool to like have 100% creative flexibility and just build whatever you want to build with whatever ingredients you want to put in. And Mm -hmm. as we worked in these jobs, you know, for big corporate media companies and, um, you know, sort of felt the grind and the rat race and, you know, working 
jobs that we liked, but we're not necessarily going to sleep daydreaming about them. Um, mm-hmm. Or that doesn't make any sense. Going to sleep daydreaming. Well, I, but I, you don't. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to me. Yeah. So we we were sort of in that space where like you start to wonder what am I capable of and what what could I could I could I do more than just think about an idea? Could I actually manifest it and make it happen? And so from that perspective, I would say Travis and I are just the classic case of two normal people who have normal lives, who work normal jobs, who live in very, except for that chain, except for that, except for the gold chain, obviously Travis, you know, brings a little flair, but we have very, you know, just sort of conservative, moderate lives. We live in small homes here in Bellingham. We have, I drive a 2002 Subaru wagon that looks like it's going to kaput any day. Um, and I, I find a lot of sort of romance in that story, um, because it's not exclusively my story. It's stories that I've been inspired people just like me who, um, start small businesses that they're proud of or do a podcast or start a project or, or even if they make their art and make their art available to people and go to farmer's markets and whatever. I, I love stories of people doing things that they're interested in, inspired by, and then having the guts to go for it and actually try it and um, putting yourself out there willing to fail. Like all of those sort of things have been key inspirations for us. And so for anybody that's listening who, you know, has thought to themselves that they want to try something, um, you know, I think that there's a lot of power in betting on yourself and giving something a try that, you know, maybe you never thought was possible. You'll never know unless you do it. Yeah, absolutely. You never know. And I think you, uh, you guys are young, so that's mm-hmm. cool that you're figuring this out earlier rather than later. But I think you kind of, you don't have a choice. You got to do it. Yeah. You, it just, you, you, there are people out there that, they need, they want to work in a nine to five job, whether that be, you know, a government job or a corporate job or work at Boeing or mm-hmm. anything. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. No. Unless you're doing it and it's wrong for you as the individual. Yeah. I found that lesson out a little later than I'd like. Mm. I, I was a little stubborn learning that lesson, <laughs> but um, you, you really, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? It fails. Yeah. I mean, and that sucks. I mean, I'm not trying to dismiss that, but you could be working at a, well, you could have been working somewhere pre COVID and they closed down because of COVID. It wasn't your fault. hundred percent. Still failed. You still, you still, you know, I'd, I'd rather be, I'd rather be driving the car myself than sitting in the passenger seat. A hundred percent. So I, I totally get what you're doing. Yeah. So no, I appreciate that. And it, you know, it's, it's a valuable perspective and we are still learning. It's like, I think another oh. part of the, that story that people need to embrace is that the stress, the anxiety, the um, complex nature of starting something, that's part of the journey. And if you're willing to lean in and not like be afraid of feeling all of those feelings and, 
you know, feeling the fear of failure and all that stuff. Like if you can just embrace that and lean into it, like no, expect that it's part of the journey. Like you can't go for a long hike or climb a mountain or do anything without knowing that there's going to be some pain involved. Like it will be mm-hmm. challenging. And I think sure. so many times we have this uh, romantic idea that business owners um, who appear to be successful, right? Especially the ones that appear to be successful, sorry. Um, that it just sort of appeared, right? That it just kind of appeared mm-hmm. overnight. And I just, one thing I have learned on this journey is that every business leader I respect has had long, stressful days, um, meltdowns, anxiety attacks. I mean, because you are risking a lot, you're putting yourself out there and um, that is part of the journey. And it, it's okay yeah. to feel all those things. And um I would rather feel those things than be put into a box where I'm not allowed to feel those things um, because I'm stuck at a job where I don't take risks. Right. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, Jake, I appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me today. I mean, Travis and his chain are out camping. <laughs> yeah. So he missed out. He did. You know, he, when he listens to this, he might be going, I'm really glad I missed out. But, you know, hey. Hey, you we'll know. see. Maybe maybe the next one we do together, uh, Travis can be on that one and can share some embarrassing <laughs> stuff about me. <laughs> there we go. So, but anyway, thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. And I, I look forward to watching what Beer Fridge continues to do because I think it's cool, guys. I really do. I think it's it's cool. I think I love the name. I like the idea that you're trying to help support smaller independent breweries, get their product out to a wider range of people. Mm-hmm. Everybody wins. The consumer wins because they get to try something that they wouldn't have found at the local Albertsons. Yep. And the the breweries win because they're bu- you're buying cans from them. Mm-hmm. You win because you're meeting people's needs by giving them those options. So absolutely. Uh, well, thank you, kudos. Scott. Yeah. I appreciate the kind words and especially appreciate you reaching out to us and giving a, you know, a small business like us, a, a, a platform to at least share a story with your listeners and um, really appreciate your time too. So thank you. All right. Thanks man. All right. Cheers, Scott. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.